0: Block
1: Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community bdpai radio linking business education and technology
0: well welcome to the bdpai radio show i'm your host Fran mcneil and tonight is tuesday june the 4th of 2013. we have a very special edition for you tonight we are featuring two guests our first guest is elise young chief information officer for Philadelphia Gas Works. And our second guest, who will be joining us in the second half hour of the show, is Mr. John Hoffler, Unix Engineer Manager for BBNT Bank. So as you're aware, BDPA iRadio features thoughts, insights, and information from BDPA professionals from around the world. So let's welcome our first guest, Miss Eloise Young. Eloise, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fine. And we happen to be sitting in the same city this evening. I am sitting in uh actually Windmar, Pennsylvania. But that's that's close enough uh for Google Maps, I think. And no uh yay, yeah, you're you're in Philadelphia, so welcome and, and thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to be with us tonight. Now, typically, what I do is read just a little bit of your bio, so I'm going to do that for our audience and then we'll jump right into the questions. Ms. Eloise Young is a remarkable role model for BDPA members in her role as Chief Information Officer for a major utility company, which is the Philadelphia Gas Works. Now, BDPA first met Eloise in the 2010 BDPA Technology Conference when she shared insights about her role on a panel of IT executives. Later, she agreed to be a member of the BDPA's Philadelphia Chapters Corporate Advisory Council. So we're going to hear a little bit more about Eloise. And again, thank you for being on the show this evening.
2: Thank you for having
0: me. Oh, our our pleasure. So, Elvis, individuals are always very intrigued about how someone gets involved with BDPA. And in your very, very brief bio, I did mention that the BDPA Technology Conference um, afforded you the opportunity to sit in as one of the IT executives. What was the story that sort of connected you in your professional role, in a very demanding professional role, to BDPA as um, an organization?
2: You know, I had heard about BDPA for many years, and it was one of those things I kept intending to go to a meeting, and I just never did. And BDPA reached out to me and invited me to that conference. And what really... uh, snagged it for me was the people. I really enjoy interacting with uh, the BDPA, the other BDPA members, so much so that I'm now a lifetime member. But, uh, you know, I am encouraged, inspired. I don't think I've ever interacted with a BDPA uh, member and not learned something. So, you know, that's the big driver for me. And then the other thing that I really enjoy is the breadth of the programming you know, typically organizations will either focus on technical development or, you know, the so-called soft skills. But BDPA has a lot of programs in both areas, and I find that, you know, amazing. So well, that's, that's really that, what closed the deal.
0: That That is wonderful. Now, I know 2010 was a few years ago, and, and yet we have the opportunity to have you right here on the air. Um, what? Some of the you know kind of key points that you shared as a panelist then, um, and then what are key points that you would share if you were on that panel today? Because that that might give our listeners um, a sense of trending, as well as you know learn a little bit more about what's important to you as an IT executive
2: one of the things because like you said that was a few years ago one of the things that i remember talking about at that conference was the power of not just accepting criticism but enjoying it you know once and for me once i really learned to enjoy criticism uh, honestly my career really took off if if you are not a person who can honestly assess you know not just your strengths but your weaknesses and work on them. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna do very well. You, you got to have uh, really thick skin. And I re- I remember uh, sharing that in that conference, and I can tell you that over the last three years, my skin has gotten a lot thicker uh, than it was then. So some of the things that I would probably share today, um, you know, really important. You know, technology in a company doesn't exist for technology's sake. So you should really not just understand your company's business, but enjoy it. You know, like I love uh, the gas business. I find it fascinating, uh, enjoyable, interesting, and that really makes a difference. So you got to understand your company's business and enjoy it and respect the people that are using, you know, the solutions that, that you develop. And the other thing is um, to keep yourself current. Now, most people think of keeping current as, you know, current with technology. So, of course, yes, keep current with technology, but you also got to keep current with whatever industry your company is in. And the last thing is you have to keep current with people things. If if you uh, don't understand the politics where you work, you know, you can be like as brilliant as Albert Einstein, but if you can't get things done, you will not be effective. So, you know, some people find that uh, distasteful but you have to get out from behind your desk and understand, you know, how the politics work in your office and uh, get things done. So I guess those are the things I would share today. Well, you know, those are powerful
0: points. And we have members who may be on a technical development path within their um, business and or their job or organization, and with BD, within BDPA be in a leadership role as a vice president or program manager or president um, involved in the high school computer competition, how might those leadership skills um, and those insights how do those play out when you're sitting in your role with BDPA as one of the members of the Corporate Advisory Council?
2: Well, as a member of, the, you know, one of, the, one of the key functions of uh, the Corporate Advisory Council is to come up with strategies that will help, um, you know, frankly, the Philadelphia chapter become more effective. So it's, it's those same principles. We have to understand, you know, the politics. What makes people come out to meetings? you know one of one of the things that the chapter wants to do is increase its membership, so you have to understand you know not just technology but uh, the people side what what makes people what incents people to come to meetings? Um, you know what things are turnoffs that make people not want to come out, not want to be engaged with the organization what are What are some of the things that people don't like? So, you know, nobody is a pure technologist. Even if, even if you think you are, you, you really you can't be. You, you have to uh, pay attention to the people. So And that really, really, really rings true with um, the Corporate Advisory Council where we are crafting strategies to get things done.
0: Mm. Strategies to get things done. And then BDPA is focused on from the classroom to the boardroom. You're sitting in the boardroom. Um, Eloise, take a few moments to share with the audience what were some highlights for you from the classroom to the boardroom, college to professional development, um, some of the maybe key moments within your career that allowed you to to sit in the C-suite. Well, I
2: think a lot of it goes back to... um, learning to be very, first of all, self-aware, understanding what my weaknesses were, and then working on them. For me, uh, a big weakness has been uh, the lack of formal education. You know, I I came to PGW, you know, frankly, opening mail at night. You know, um, my reason was that I wanted to get my bachelor's degree. And the way my life played out, I really didn't get it until, you know, relatively few years ago in In the current century, I got it, and so then, once I got that um you know it allowed me to um rise higher in the in the company's hierarchy but uh now you know, I became a vice president, and it's like, but I don't have an advanced degree, so right now, I'm actually enrolled uh in an m b a program at rosemont College I'm in a two year program, and I am three quarters of the way through uh you know i should uh, have my thesis done by the end of this year. So, you know, instead of being embarrassed that I don't have it, uh, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. Whatever it is that you that you feel you lack, you know, be honest uh, and go, go after it. And like I said, once I was able to um, accept Christmas, I remember one time my boss, uh, I can't remember why, why this came up, but he said, you know, when you, you know, talking about sitting in the boardroom, he said, you know, I noticed that when you're in there and you feel uh, challenged, you raise your voice up like a little girl. And he said, I think you do it uh, so that people, like, don't feel intimidated or something or so they don't attack you or whatever. And, you know, I didn't like him saying that to me. But I thought about it. And I said, you know what, he's right, I do that. And so I learned uh, to work on my voice, you know, the way I use my voice had had I um become defensive, I'd probably still be in there like I was ten years old or something, so you know you know realize the areas that you need to work on, be honest with yourself and then work on them, and don't be embarrassed about it.
0: Hmm. Wow, um, we have many b d p a members that are frustrated with. Where they are in terms of employment. Um, they often have energies and talents and don't have an opportunity to express them because of the position that they're in. And sometimes I do hear people, in a sense, um, saying it's the environment, it's the economy, it's the situation. And your story is very powerful in that um, you're demonstrating taking personal responsibility. Um, and listening to uh move forward. So that's a that's a very moving story. What's uh tell me more about the MBA process, why an MBA as
2: opposed to maybe um, a master's in a more technical field. You know, I spent uh a couple of years pondering that and I you know when, when you're in a position like this, a CIO position, it really is a business decision it it is a business uh position so um you know it's really not so much the technology that that I have to focus on as it is understanding the business you know um so it, and and you know what as I've gone through this program, I'm really uh believing that I made the right choice <clears throat> you know when you when you step to the when I step into the boardroom. You know, they don't want to talk to me about the intricacies of Java. You know, that's that's not what that discussion is at all. They want to understand uh, you know, how the technology uh relates to the corporate strategy. So um that's why I chose the MBA program. Hmm.
0: Now, one of the questions I was going to ask is what are some of the technology trends that will impact our audience? And I I think I'm going to modify that slightly based on what you shared. What are some of the business trends that um, a large part of our audience who is focused on technology may need to be aware of for survival as well as professional
2: development? you know it's interesting because uh, as technology becomes more and more accessible mobile and portable those become closer and closer to being the same thing you know uh you know years ago technology was so far removed from you know what most people did every day that they were really very different but for example one of the trends i would say is uh BYOD you know the ability to work on all kinds of devices uh to do business to do to take care of your business. You know, that's a very important trend uh that you know, companies have to find ways to be able to handle that to manage you know, mobile data but uh employees are demanding that. You know, people don't want to carry around three and four uh devices anymore. So, um BYOD. Uh I think that's a very important trend. <clears throat> Another uh trend is, um, how can I say this, I guess, government as a platform. Uh, Last week, um, Mayor Nutter, you know, the mayor here in Philly, uh, hosted uh, a conference of mayors. And the last two days, for the first time, they actually had an innovation section. And I was fortunate enough to be invited. And it was really fascinating. And one of the big things that they talked about was uh, government as a platform you know government really is never going to have the resources to be able to be the total technology solution um, and there are a lot of citizens out here that, that have never worked for the government never will who actually uh, do application development they they will develop uh, software that you know handles things that we typically think of as the government's business. An interesting example was uh, the mayor of San Francisco started talking about how uh, they made, and and what it means is that the government has to make their data sets available and then let, you know, get out of the way and and let people do things with it. So one example was um, the mayor of San Francisco talked about how they made uh, the the, um, inspections, when people do health inspections of restaurants, they made mm-hmm. that data available, and a civic hacker, as they call themselves, wrote an app that um, put that information on Yelp. So, if you go on Yelp and you look up restaurants in San Francisco, you can actually see, along with reviews that people wrote about the restaurants, you can actually see um, the, the health, you know, the, the stuff that the health department found when they did their inspection. So, this idea of you know government as a platform not just expecting uh you know to go in and consume information from the government but actually uh actively being a part of developing applications mobile apps mostly that are important to you. So I think that is a very important uh trend and and I guess the last one is um you know the internet of things. So um <clears throat> you know that relates to everybody, you know, the fact that now everything has sensors and actuators on it and they can do things without human intervention. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, one of my big projects is uh, we're building a data center. And so we started looking at smart lighting systems. Now, a lot of people are used to the lighting systems that, you know, if you, if you when you walk in the room, it knows you walked in because it senses motion and the lights come on. But if you sit there and you're not moving, you have to, like, wave your hands or something or it'll cut off, well, the new systems are a lot more intelligent. They they not only notice motion, but they also notice um, body heat. So even if you're sitting perfectly still, they know you're there, and um, they are incredibly efficient. You can uh, set them up so that uh, you tell them how bright you want the room to be, and then it'll calculate how much natural sunlight is coming in, and it'll adjust its brightness accordingly. So um, that whole idea of uh, really smart uh, technology that senses things that you do touch every uh, every every business that you're in, every every uh, you know every consumer, no matter what business you're in. Those, those I would say are the three trends. Wow, that is that is fascinating. Um, now,
0: as an example, you attended that conference. You were invited to that conference just days ago. And if we take the fact that you took advantage of an opportunity to learn and share, how does that relate to the opportunity that BDPA members have um With the organization, because, you know, again, you sit on the corporate advisory council for the Philadelphia chapter. You have an opportunity to help the chapter think about, implement strategies, and um, you, through influencing the leaders, help the leaders influence members. So how, from your perspective, how can members really begin to get the most out of their BDPA membership and or BDPA experience?
2: Well, like I said, BDPA offers such a broad range of programs, but members have to take advantage of them, you know, for them to really have meaning. You know, for instance, I happen to be a very shy person. So um, opportunities like this, uh, you know, I push myself to do things like this to get out there and speak. You know, I took advantage of an opportunity you know, that I was given uh, by BDPA to, you know, participate in an iRadio program. The growth only happens when you, you know, as they say, it only works if you work it. So you got to get out there and participate. Join join the leadership of, of uh, your local BDPA chapter. If you don't like what's going on, don't just stay home. Uh, you know, get in the leadership and, and change it. So you know you've gotta engage you've gotta take those opportunities that are given to you and um you know use those as opportunities to grow
0: mm-hmm.
2: wow well that's
0: that's powerful now, coming up in August, only a few states away from um Philadelphia is the BDPA National Conference, and this year it's actually being held in Washington, D.C., and before we started to talk, you mentioned that Washington, D.C. was one of your favorite cities. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, D.C., not specifically the conference, but Washington, D.C., and what might be um, attractive for BDPA, BDPA members when they're in the city Around the time of the conference, just from your own personal perspective,
2: and you know, I think uh, the Washington area, DC, is just a beautiful place. It's so international. You know, if you're like I like to eat, I like to eat out, and um, there, you know, I don't think there's a type of food that you can't find in Washington. It's a place that uh, culturally is uh so diverse and fascinating. It's a place where uh you can really have a, a good time. It's kind of a big small town. Um, you know, the the um you know, historical uh, things that are that are in DC if you you know if you decide you want to do the tourist thing. I, I just really uh think uh there's a lot there uh, for people, you know, like you said, in addition to obviously the conference.
3: Mhm.
2: And and speaking of the
0: conference I'm just going to pick up on the theme of personal and professional development um that you shared uh, the idea of getting involved the idea of um really developing your strengths and working on your weaknesses, the national conference, the 2013 National BDPA Technology Conference, will be held this year from August 13th through the 17th. And the title of the conference is Diverse Opportunities in the Age of Convergence. So it will be held at the Washington Hilton and there's a number of items on the agenda. And I think, kind of playing into the theme or um, kind of involving the themes that you mentioned, Eloise, there really is a blend of not uh, only technical information for an organization that looks to develop competencies for IT professionals, and there's really A strong emphasis on business and leadership development Um, and in fact so on Tuesday August 13th there are a number of workshops for the BDPA uh, leadership itself um, the chapter presidents etc and then in the evening there's something that's actually becoming a BDPA tradition and that's the HBCU panel so um, Administrators from various colleges come and talk about their college, and often um, what has developed is what I like to call the scholarship challenge. So not only do BDPA uh, members and high school students um, get the opportunity to hear about the college, and there are often scholarships offered. And then throughout the conference, there are a number of presenters, on a variety of topics, Um, and John Hoffler, who is our next guest, will talk a little bit about the high school computer competition. So, Emily's Development CIO, Chief Information Officer. Um, You mentioned that you're three-quarters of the way, and congratulations, through your MBA at Rosemar College. Um, what's next for you personally and uh, how does that connect or how is BDPA involved in what you see next for yourself?
2: You know, um, whatever whatever it is that I do next, I think more than likely it's going to be in the public service uh, and probably the not-for-profit arena because I enjoy it so much. Um, where BDPA enters into that is I have made uh, the most amazing contacts there. You know, uh, for instance, like I mentioned, we have a big project uh, where we're uh, building a data center. And so I wanted to, uh, you know, we wanted to green, you know, make the new data center uh, lean and green. So I reached out to uh, some of the other corporate advisory council members, and, you know, one member in particular invited me out to his, data center and hosted probably about 20 uh you know PGW whites on our data center uh project team and really uh gave us a thorough you know understanding of uh the green technology that they build into their data center. So whatever it is that I'm going to do next, um I intend to you know keep my like I said I'm a lifetime member. So uh BPA is going to be very much a part of whatever it is that I do Uh, because it's an awesome network of just amazing people.
0: Wow, that's a a
2: wonderful testimonial.
0: And again, thank you for being a lifetime member. Um, uh, We are increasing the number of lifetime members. I'm a lifetime member myself. And um, it really is an opportunity to stay connected to BDPA in a variety of ways. Eloise, I've really enjoyed having you as a guest and I'd love to have you love to have you come back at another time. Um as we sort of wrap wrap up this segment of the iRadio show for this evening, what's a a thought, a, a final thought that you'd like to leave with our audience to to keep them thinking, to keep them growing, to keep them going?
2: You know, you mentioned a while ago that several of the members are really unhappy, uh, you know, or maybe frustrated in their current situation. So my parting shot is remember to be thankful, you know, for whatever it is that you have because there's somebody out there that would love to complain about whatever it is uh, that you're complaining about. So, you know, don't play yourself by, um, you know, losing sight of, um, you know, the the, the things that you have to be thankful for. So don't stop being grateful. Wow. Well, and, and and on that note I would like to thank you again uh, for having me here tonight.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And you are welcome to kind of hang out and uh continue to listen to the show. Thank you for your support and your time and your wisdom and your networking within the BDPA family. I mean, one of the real um, kind of continuing effects, it's almost an echo effect of an individual like yourself uh, volunteering to be on the Corporate Advisory Council for a particular chapter, is that it enriches the leadership of that chapter who touch and enrich the members and the leaders of one chapter interact with another chapter. So it really helps kind of increase uh, the potential of the BDPA family. So thank you again for the contributions that you make on a regular basis, um, not only to the BDPA Philadelphia chapter um, and to ultimately BDPA as a whole. So thank you again, and have a great evening.
2: Thank you. You too. I'll be listening. Excellent, excellent.
0: Well, folks, you've just had an opportunity to listen in to Ellie Young, who at the outset I introduced as a remarkable role model for PDPA members. And I I really hope that you feel, as I do, that she's a remarkable role model as a woman who is looking at her potential The potential of opportunity, she closed her interview by reminding us to be thankful, um, encouraging us to push ourselves, and um, kind of left an an idea of how public service, in whatever capacity, is an opportunity, and that working on yourself, developing business skills, and um, using the power of criticism as a way to improve and contribute um, is extremely valuable. So, again, I'd like to thank Eloise for being a guest on our show this evening. Well, BPAI Radio has the pleasure of tapping individual talent and uh, technical talent and professional talent from around the country. And so our next guest, Mr. John Hoffler, is an individual with a remarkable BDPA legacy. He is one of only five people in almost 40 years of BDPA history to serve as president in two different BDPA chapters, the Greenville and the St. Louis chapter. And I'll have him share a little bit of how he got involved with BDPA originally. Additionally, I like to call him one of our um, quintessential BDPA dads, his two children have both competed in the National BDPA High School Computer Competition Championships. And we're also, when we kind of get into the interview, I'm going to ask John to share some of his insights from his experiences with corporate America. So, John, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Okay, and what I'm going to do, one of the opportunities I have is to work the virtual board, and I always need to remember to turn on the mic. So, John, how are you this evening?
3: Okay, is this better? Can you hear me now?
0: I can hear you now, right. And that is not great. a commercial
3: for the sponsor. <laughs> right, John, how Well, are I'm you doing great. Talking? Thanks for having me on.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thank you for being on. You know, we had the pleasure of interacting with Eloise before the show got started, and you shared a wonderful story um, about what attracted you to BDPA, and you also kind of paid tribute to um, a former BDPA member. So I was hoping that you'd share that with the BDPA listening audience this evening.
3: Sure. I mean, one of the things that kind of got me on the BDPA trajectory that I'm on now uh, was actually Mark Brady, who uh, was president of the St. Louis chapter when I first joined BDPA. And and I, I joined BDPA because, you know, it's an organization that does things. And, and after a while, kind of to, to uh, Eloise's point, um, you know, getting things done nowadays is really about working with lots of people. There are very few things that are worthwhile that a single person can do anymore, and, and you know, what you have to do is is find like-minded people that also want to do something, and BdPA has a bunch of folks that want to do something and they wanted to do the same thing I wanted to do and so that got me into the organization and and Mark Grady, uh, you know, who recently passed away uh, was one of the people who encouraged me to be his successor as president of the St. Louis chapter and as you say, you know there's there have been only a few people that have been president of multiple chapters. And I'm the president-elect of the Charlotte chapter, so this coming January I'll be one of, I don't know how many people, probably Wayne Hicks knows, uh, who have been president of three different BDPA chapters.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty, pretty kind of an interesting, as you say, trajectory. So you, initially your first presidency was with which chapter?
3: Right, I started with the St. Louis chapter. Um, And really what got me into the chapter was uh, the HFCC program. So I was a trainer there, and and then I was, um, you know, practically when I showed up in Greenville, uh, you know, they were looking to to have someone be president. So I was president there for for a while. And then I was a trainer um, at um, uh, the Charlotte uh, program for, you know, a, a little over half a decade. And so, you know, HFCC is just one of those programs that, Really, no other organization uh, has anything like it, and so it's probably you know one of the most impactful things that BDPA does on a national level.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about the opportunity that HSCC presents, not only for the students. I think also this is, I guess, a multiple-part question, but not only for the students, but also for the parents. And then what it means for the BDPA chapter that houses or facilitates HSCC um, to exist. Because you've had the opportunity in two cities and now in a third city to be president of the BDPA chapter and be actively involved with HSCC.
3: Well, I, mean, I thought I... Um... I had a parent a couple of years ago come to me after um, uh, their son, uh, you know, finished the program, and he was a high school senior when he came through uh, uh, for his first year in HSCC. And she came to me and and said that, um, you know, she was just so impressed at how he flowered in, and he showed such, you know, leadership development during the HSCC program. Uh, and it's kind of funny because he seemed like a leader when he first showed up, and perhaps he had that latent you know ability inside him, but the h s c c program offered a a safe space for him to you know really exercise some of the the leadership skills that and and talent that he had inside him and and once he you know was able to to you know flex those muscles within h s c c then he was also able to do that outside so at home and at school and et cetera and, and he ended up, you know, getting a, an IT scholarship and going off to college to, to study computer science. But, uh, you know, the HSCC the program is really not about programming. It's, we actually use programming in order to teach teamwork and teach leadership and, and teach project management. So, you know, the program is really, uh, that's what it's about, right? And the technology that we use is simply the vehicle.
0: Mm. So in, in doing that, I'm hearing this theme, and it often comes up and out very strongly in the various interviews. And I, and I guess it really resonates to the whole concept of EDPA and, and leadership from the classroom to the boardroom. Um, this whole concept of technology as a resource. Um, as a facilitator to bring people together around a common goal, and you emphasize the teamwork and the leadership. What are some other examples um, from the various chapters that you've been involved in where you really see the high school computer competition um, as one of those, those vehicles for leadership and personal and professional development?
3: So if I think that you see that in, in every chapter that i've ever visited uh you know not only the the students uh sometimes you know flowering and coming out of their shell uh but also uh not just in hscc but in all leadership uh roles within the bdpa chapter right that's a space for our adult professionals right to to learn how to become leaders right and, and to test out their different leadership style uh under you know the mentorship of the more senior uh, uh leaders within the organization. So so it's good for students and it's also good uh for the professionals that that are are leading them. So not just, you know, the HSCC which is, you know, a pretty uh, important program at most chapters, uh, you know, the uh combination of HSCC and IT showcase is one of the larger parts of the chapter budget. So that that's really a space where uh in order to run that program, people really need to do all of the things that that would be required of of a uh, uh, you know a, a lead or or a manager uh, back in their companies. Right. So it's it's a space that I think uh, BDPA offers an opportunity for folks to to hone some skills that then they can take back into the office with them and and perhaps you know have some demonstrated ability to move up to the next level.
0: Hmm. So let's let's pick up on that honing skills demonstrated abilities. Um, You as a parent got your children involved. How did they get involved and and what did it feel like um, as a parent from their perspective? You know, were they excited to get involved? Uh, You know, did you have to say, okay, I'm going to give you a bigger allowance if you get involved? I mean, what was it like?
3: Well, you know, um, My wife and I—we've always uh, gotten our children involved in everything we do, and and we try to be involved in in everything that they do. And so, really, from a a young age, uh, even with my oldest, Nikki, uh, you know, just you know, kind of dragged her around to everything that I did, right? So all the different organizations that I went to. uh, At one point, she was the quote littlest OS2 expert in St. Louis, right? So uh, you know, the, the OS2 club even got her a little shirt for that. So you know, I took her over to. PDPA. And when I was a trainer there, as I said, I I brought her to uh, the HSCC training site. So eventually, uh, she got old enough to, uh, you know, she could participate in the class. And and I wouldn't say that she was particularly excited about that at first. Uh, It was just kind of one of those inertia things where if she's there anyway, she may as well uh, pay attention. Um, But the second year that she was involved in that, she started to realize that application development is really a a um creative process right so it was um pretty similar to her to uh, the art that she was doing and the creative writing that she was doing and so she started getting a lot of joy out of that and ended up um uh, you know using that on her uh college application and uh it's, it's funny she ended up going to Mount Holyoke uh, college up in Massachusetts and when they sent her acceptance letter, they actually sent a, a handwritten note that said, great job on the HSCC. So the work that she did for a high school computer competition, you know, had something to do with her ability to get into the college of her choice and get, you know, uh, a pretty nice scholarship along with that. And we see that a lot in HSCC as kids showing up originally not thinking that technology is a career path for them. Uh, And then the next thing you know, a couple of years later, they're going off to college, and they're going to college under an an IT or computer science scholarship. So, you know, that happened to my daughter, and I've seen it happen for, you know, at least three or four other kids here in Charlotte uh, during the time that that I've been here. So it really changes, you know, the the career trajectory for for kids, and and it's part of our our overall mission of uh, taking kids from the classroom to the boardroom, whether that be specifically in an IT career or just, you know, any career that uh, you know, is gonna be um involved with technology, right? So we think that mm-hmm. in the twenty first century almost anything is gonna require technology knowledge.
0: That that makes so so much sense. And as I hear your um description, part of what I'm understanding is part of what I'm understanding is that from the classroom to the boardroom, is um, also involves the parents and the volunteers because the volunteers in um, taking on the training and leadership role um, within the classroom have skills that are portable to, you know, the organizations, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit, personal or professional that they're involved in. It's a very, very powerful example. Now, one of the things that you've had an opportunity in your various roles of leadership within BDPA is to really see graduating high school students and also graduating college students as they're moving from the school environment, one school environment to another, and then from school to the work environment. And I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about um, what are some of the challenges for graduating college, college students who are going after their first job in a STEM related field, and what are some of the opportunities? Um, what what advice do you have and what have you seen from your perspective?
3: You know, it's funny, when I started my current job, um, I came into that position with uh, a half dozen open positions that I needed to fill. And so, you know, and some of those were uh, junior positions that I I sought uh, recent college hires to fill. And so, you know, I do have a couple of things to share, I think, from the experience of of interviewing a lot of uh, recent college grads. I'd say probably that the number one thing is, you know, the, the... Almost all colleges have a career center, and, and that career center will help you out with, you know, your resume and with basic interviewing skills. And, and it just it makes sense to go take advantage of all the resources that are available. And and I think that's kind of a, a first step uh, to be repeated throughout your career. Probably something that, that has held a lot of folks back is uh, sort of an unwillingness to go and ask for help. and and this is probably as good a place to start as any is, you know, there's a spot there on campus to help you be ready, go there and take full advantage of it. And so so we get a lot of resumes that, you know, are in strange formats. They don't have the information that I would like. They don't have uh, what sort of of career path the student is looking for. And so, you know, don't make me have to take several minutes to figure out uh, what sort of job it is that you're looking for. So, So I think that that's probably number one. Number two is, um, you know, pay attention in class. And so the the we're not expecting a recent college grad to have a lot of career experience when they show up. So so what we're going to look for is uh, that, you know, all the experiences that you have, that, that you retain those and learn from them. And certainly anything that shows up on your resume is fair game for questions. And so, you know, if you put on there that, you know, your favorite class was... Um, you know, your sophomore physics class, then, you know, you better go back and brush up on fo- sophomore physics, right, because that was a couple of years ago and you may have forgotten it, but if it shows up on your resume, that's what the interviewer is going to ask you about. And so so make sure that, that, you know, you're able to at least speak intelligently about things. And if it's something that has really grown rusty because it was your freshman year that you took it, then maybe that's not a good option for putting on the resume. And then finally, I, I would say that, um, you know, internships and volunteer opportunities um, are really ways to fill in, uh, you know, your your marketability for when you first come out of, of college. Or if you're a professional and looking for a, a mid-career change into something else, then, you know, volunteer opportunities are, are something that can go onto your resume and, dem- and, again, demonstrate that you have the capability to do things. And so, uh, you know, I really loved listening to Eloise uh, before I came on. Uh, you know, the things that she said were, were so true, and, and you could tell that they were from the heart. And also I love the way that she emphasized, uh, you know, the, the honor of doing things in non for profit organizations. And lots of times there are opportunities for uh, IT professionals to volunteer for these organizations that might not have a lot of money, right? but, you know, are very appreciative of of things that IT can do for them and the things that you do for them, you know, can be very public. And so, so you know, don't turn down, uh, you know, any opportunities to help out a nonprofit organization, particularly if, if, you know, there's an opportunity to use some innovative technologies that then you can put back on your resume uh, for the next time that you're looking for a job. Great,
0: right. right. And, and I would also say that it gives you an opportunity to sort of kick Connect into, in a sense, the business of that organization. These LOEs, and I and I hear you saying it in a slightly different way, that the technology is also connected to the opportunity to be a leader, to work on a team, um, and to develop some personal skills. So just being in a place where you can listen to an organization's needs, where you can connect your expertise with those needs, and then you can, in a sense, make an offer or a commitment from a project management standpoint, execute on it. And then, as as you stated, uh, many nonprofit organizations, uh, because they're appreciative, can publicly thank you and or the result that you provide is very visible. Um, so exactly. A, uh, great the that,
3: that I, right. The other thing I really liked that that Eloise brought out was that you know staying current means not just staying current in in technology, but also in people skills and politics. And and I, I know that that these days, lots of times you politics has a negative connotation. And, but the definition of the term really simply points to the way in which groups of people decide what they want to do. And so, you know, in in that sense, politics is really important, right? Because again, like I said at the beginning of the interview, there's only a few things that, that we can do by ourselves. Most things are about getting groups of people together that have, you know, common goal and moving them off in, in, you know, in alignment to to get something done. And it's politics that in the in the strict definition of the term that really makes that happen. So so it's kind of interesting. Last week we had in Charlotte a CIO forum And one of the topics that came up were the uh, 12 um, uh, core competencies of of IT. And so this is what CEOs think uh, are important for their CIOs. And and I'd just like to, you know, take a moment to to list down uh, these things. So uh, in no particular order, influencing others, enabling change, leadership, strategic focus, communication, consensus building, organizational understanding problem solving, business acumen, project management, technical understanding and client orientation. So I think the interesting thing here is technical uh, understanding is the only thing that can even be construed as as some sort of, you know, technical expertise as opposed to people skills and politics and political skills. Only one out of the 12 is technical. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to that point, you know, in order to make the jump from individual contributor to to a leadership role, you know, we need to understand that the behaviors that are valued in those roles are, are different, right? And so, you know, we need to, you know, start to de-emphasize if you want to make that jump, you know, simply your technical expertise and work more towards how is it that, you know, you're a person that's at a catalyst for the organization, that having you there makes everybody else better, And and I think that, you know, BDPA, um, you know, is is looking for ways in which to help people do that, right? So if if you think about, you know, ITSMF, right, the IT Senior Management Forum, and their Leadership Academy, which used to be called the the Protege Program, uh, you know, is is a sort of a a training ground for folks that are already in management and are looking to uh, get up into the executive ranks. And so, you know, it's a program that helps people through that, but... Up until now, we haven't really had a corresponding program for individual contributors to help them get into that first and second tier of management. And that's one of the things that we're trying to address in the Charlotte chapter through a, uh, a you know, the Charlotte book series. And so so we, we uh, got a person from a leadership uh, training organization to, to launch an experiential session, uh, which actually kicks off next week, so next Friday is, is the first session of that, uh, that, that uh, helps people understand what sorts of behaviors are related to leaders as opposed to being related uh, only to individual contributors. And so that experiential session will then lead into, uh, you know, a series of of group sessions around uh, a specific book, right? And we're starting off with a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There, right? Which, again, specifically talks about the behaviors of Uh, that you need to to go beyond where you've gotten now. So sometimes, you know, there's a certain behavior that has made us very successful and getting to a certain level, but then we need to, you know, just kind of like a butterfly, right? You know, we need to shed that cocoon and come out with our new shape in order to go up to the next level after that. So we're trying to see if we can make that happen for our members here in Charlotte. And if we're successful, then it might be something that that we can try out uh, in other chapters also.
0: Wow, that's very exciting the and with the butterfly um metaphor the the metamorphosis of um you know an individual and that you if i- w- were to sort of quickly look at a transcript of what you shared. Uh, team and leadership are key words that, that keep popping up as a as a common as as keywords and reflect a, a common and strong theme. Um, and I, I loved how your tips in terms of what Uh, college graduates who are going after their first job need to focus on is so highly transferable for individuals who are looking to transition into other positions and or, because technology changes so quickly, um, skills that they can use as they move from you know, being a COBOL programmer to something else, and um, that that kind of thing. Um, so, John, you've you've been with BDPA for many many years. Um, what's a you mentioned earlier before we got on the show that um, there was a defining moment, which you've already mentioned, but I'm I'm wondering. As you think about continuing to contribute to BDPA, and you just identified a new initiative within the Charlotte chapter, um, what's next for you in terms of your BDPA involvement?
3: So, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that I would um, like to push forward during my presidency of of the Charlotte chapter. Uh, One, I just mentioned around the, the whole book series, Um, You know, I'm also uh, contemplating uh, a uh, BDPAers in Transition Club, right, in order to specifically Mm -hmm. uh, help out, you know, provide a support group for folks that are between jobs right now within BDPA. So, you know, maybe we'll, uh, you know, acronym that as DIT or something, right? But uh, I think that that might be a space that at least right now uh, could be useful to our membership. Uh, Here in in Charlotte, uh, we're... Uh, launching something that uh, is similar to, to to something that we did over in St. Louis, uh, although here in Charlotte it was uh, initially spearheaded by the Black Chamber of Commerce rather than BDPA, which is uh, you know kind of a consortium of of all of the um, uh, minority ordi- organizations here and all the minority professional organizations here in Charlotte. So um, you know collaborating with other organizations in order to um, you know, not duplicate efforts, right, and leverage the specific skills that, that different organizations have, like BDPA and Nesby and black accountants and what have you. Uh so, you know, trying to help that happen and and make it process oriented. So uh, you know, in all of the BDPA chapters that I've been in, I've I've seen somewhat of a dependency upon individual relationships without a mechanism uh to uh make those relationships be at the organizational level so that, you know, when a specific person is not president anymore, we need for that relationship to endure. So so setting up those sorts of processes is, is something that, uh, you know, I would like to push forward during uh, this next couple of years here in Charlotte.
0: Wow. Well, those are uh, – it's really interesting. The um, I'm going to start with the last one. The individual, the, the transition or the transformation – from the individual, again, contribution and relationships to uh, a system that strengthens the organization beyond that that individual, Um, very, very powerful. And I have seen within other chapters um, a greater uh, development of the consortium concept um, so that, as you said, we're, we're part of, uh, bringing together like-minded people, perhaps not over technology per se, um, and more because we uh, share a common interest in developing professional skills, acquiring skills that can help us in various aspects of our lives, and working on skills that help us um, as be more effective as people. Um, so... Uh, that that is very powerful. You talked about the teams. Who is part of the Charlotte team, the Charlotte leadership team? Um, this is an opportunity maybe to give a a shout out. Um, who is helping you shape the direction of that chapter?
3: Well, uh, you know, Marcus Beamer is the current president. So, so when I take over, he'll be the uh, you know president emeritus, I guess you would say um Erica Fraser is, is um you know currently doesn't have an official title uh but she's a powerful leader within the chapter uh also um Melvin uh is um uh the you know the HSCC instructor right so of course that's a, a you know a primary role I'm sorry Melvin Rogers uh, so that's a primary role within the organization uh, you know, we we've had a, a number of, of leaders who um you know have transitioned out of out of Charlotte or, or transitioned out of their current jobs and have had to uh you know resign their posts uh within Marcus's administration. So so we actually do right now have a number of spots that are that are open within within our, our leadership organization. Um but, but we have a lot of folks that are um even though they they're because of their current work situation don't feel that they can commit. Uh, dedicated time to, to take on an official leadership role are, are still doing a lot of things for the chapter. And so, you know, to, to my way of thinking, they still are leaders of the chapter, even though they don't have a title. Hmm. But certainly and Kevin Robinson, right, who has a lot of visibility around h s c c and IT Showcase uh, is, is one, of, one of the leaders within the BDPA Charlotte organization
0: and you bring up a good point that regardless of the amount of time that one can commit although i'm sure as a chapter president a, a pending chapter president um it would be great for you know every individual to be able to commit 5 or 8 or 10 hours a week on bdpa that um there are opportunities within the chapter to commit X number of hours or contribute to a particular project um, or take the lead on a piece of a project. And that in itself um, makes a big difference to the organization in terms of living out the, the mission. So um, I know that Wayne recently issued a call for volunteers and um, Within the Charlotte chapter, within HFCC, um, within some of the programs that you're thinking of initiating, what are openings and or opportunities for people to, in a sense, um, step up because you're asking for help? Leverage the fact that they've been, quote-unquote, paying attention in class, that they've got certain skills that may, in fact, be um, relevant for what you're asking for, and actually internship or volunteer or take a leadership role um, because you've identified those opportunities. So for Charlotte, um, where do you need strong minds um, and uh, folks with open hearts to contribute?
3: So I, I think that uh, some of the primary areas where, uh, you know, we could have someone step up is, you know, around the finance area. And so uh, one of the people who had to, um, uh, you know, transition out of his role was our VP of finance. And so, you know, for our upcoming term, we would definitely want someone to fill in that spot. Our uh, VP of strategy, the same thing happened with our um, VP of membership. right? So, so, again, same thing happened there. Uh, we have... Part of that role actually is filled by the parent of one of our longtime HSCC students, right? So, you know, she's not even in, in information technology, but she sees the value that the EDPA brings to the community, and so she's uh, what I call our director of facilities, right? So, uh, you know, both in terms of the the program um, uh, meetings, right, for, for which I, I consider that spot to be under the VP of membership, uh, but for any of the departments within the chapter. Uh, you know, uh, Donna Jones doublefield has has stepped forward to you know fill in a role that you know otherwise would kind of make it po- impossible for the mechanics of of our stuff to to get up off the ground. Uh, we can also use uh, uh, you know a CIO and and webmaster. Uh, I would preferably like to have those be separate roles, uh, but you know we at least at least need someone that kind of you know manages what we're doing from a technology point of view and uh, you know as a technology organization it seems to make sense that uh, we should be able to fill the CIO role.
0: So this is an opportunity for someone in transition, someone that is looking for an opportunity to step up to literally be a CIO um, within absolutely right. months. <laughs> wow! Well, and we and you know BDPAI Radio listeners just had an opportunity to hear from a CIO. So, uh, John, that is that is really exciting that there are opportunities for leadership for volunteerism. As as we wrap up the show, um, what's a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners
3: with? So uh, I'd say stay positive and get involved, right? So, you know, I mean, people like uh, like to be around other people that make them feel good about the direction that we're going, right? So even if we're not where we want to be, if we're heading in the right direction, then, then you know, that's a good thing. And, and also, you know, you get involved in stuff, right? So doors open up for people that get involved. A, a very little-known fact is that, um, you know, all all folks that are are in leadership positions of BDPA chapters are are eligible to join an organization called right, the Society for Information Management. That's an organization that um, has more CIOs and direct reports to CIOs than any other organization in the country. And so, you know, I mean, very, very um, uh, influential folks that that are in that organization, and, and they are, you know, really looking for, uh, visibility into what's happening, uh, you know, throughout the IT industry. Right. So, so I mean, it's really a, a great opportunity. Also, the, the CIO Forum that I talked about recently uh, is is open to all leaders of, of BDPA chapters around the country. And right? so, I mean, that's something that uh, you know everyone should take advantage of if you're currently a uh, a leader of a BDPA chapter. And and if you're not a leader, then that should be something that that makes you consider stepping up right? because. As as Eloise was talking about the people skills and then the po and the political skills, right? These are folks that are that are in her position, right? So the they all of them is, is folks that are like Eloise. And imagine being able to have the insightful conversation that Fran you just had with Eloise, being able to have that every quarter with CIOs in your city. And so uh, you know, again, get involved, right? That attracts people and and it makes things happen for you.
0: Wow. That is really powerful. You know, we've had the opportunity to hear from two great guests. And, John, thank you so much for sharing your time, bringing in some insights from Eloise's uh, interview and contributing your perspective. It's been really great to have you on the show this evening. Thank you again.
3: Thanks so much, Fran.
0: Thank you. Well, folks, we're about to wrap up the June 4th, 2013 PDPA iRadio show. I do want to, again, mention that it's been a terrific evening. We just finished a great conversation with lots of insight from John Hoffler, Unix Engineering Manager with BB&T Bank. Uh, John, again, just a remarkable BPA legacy, um, one of a few people, a handful of people, who will hold the designation of serving as president of three different BDPA chapters, and our first guest this evening was Eloise Young, Chief Information Officer for Philadelphia Gas Works, and a member of the Philadelphia Chapters Corporate Advisory Council. BDPA is about opportunity. BDPA is an opportunity to have a leadership role, to contribute, to develop technical skills, and guess what? This October, in fact, excuse me, this August, uh, in fact, August 13th through the 17th, BDPA will be hosting in Washington, D.C., the 2013 National BDPA Technology Conference. We'd love to have you join us for diverse opportunities in the age of convergence. If you go to www.bdpa.org, you can get the agenda, the speakers, more information on the location, um, travel information, a list of sponsors. Time is running out and the opportunity to fill your mind, to fill your spirit. The conference is going to have technical information. There's going to be an opportunity to learn, to acquire. You can even obtain a certification. Um, there's interaction on a lot of different levels for high school students. College students will be showcasing their knowledge in the IT showcase. There's going to be a gala um, the opening ceremony reception is always powerful on Tuesday evening. If you get there early, you can participate in the HBCU panel, um, plenary luncheons, the Students who are part of the youth conference and the um, high school computer competition get an opportunity to go off-site to a secret location and uh, actually get an exclusive White House tour. So who says BDPA doesn't rock? On Saturday, there's the BDPA Golf Classic, and we will have a town hall meeting as well. So action-packed. BDPA.org for more information to register right now for the 2013 National BDPA Technology Conference. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention that BDPA iRadio has been very fortunate to have a sponsor for the show And this is an opportunity that I would encourage people to think about for the future. And this second and third quarter, our sponsor is Fun Mutation Academy. And so I'm going to just take a few moments to talk about our sponsor for this evening. Now, our sponsor... Uh, the actual individual is Ted Jordan, and he is the owner and founder of Fun Mutation Technical Academy. And I am just opening up the information so that I can share it with you. And that's the advantage of a live radio, so you can hear what's happening when it's happening. Okay. Okay. So I've mentioned to you that you'll definitely want to get on the fast track in terms of the national conference. And I apologize. Okay, here we go. Um, and I want to share with you the information about Fun Mutation Tech Academy. And for those of you that are wondering about the spelling, it's F-U-N-U-T-A-T-I-O-N. And then Tech Academy is T-E-K-A-D-E-M-Y. So Tech Academy. Tech and and um, if you are interested, they have camps in several cities that you can participate in, um, and if not you, your child can participate in. So, I'm going to share that information with you. One of the things that comes out of the summer camp and the registration is available at www.funmutation.com, F-U-N, U-T-A dot com is that children ages 10 through 16 get to have something in common with Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and even Mark Zuckerberg. Why? Because they can learn computer technical skills before they go to high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than a thousand kids to code through their summer tech camps. And Fun Mutation uses their trademark teams approach. And you heard in the interviews tonight from Ms. Eloise Young, CIO of Philadelphia Gasworks, and from John Hoffler, Unix engineer manager of BBNT Bank, that teamwork um, and leadership skills are absolutely critical for success and advancement in the technology arena. So at Fun Mutation, they use their trademarked team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and science in a fun and non-threatening way. If you're interested in your child registering for the camp, Please go to www.fundmutation.com or call 216 378 9035. That's 216 378 9035. Now, you may be saying, Oh my goodness, that sounds like it's in Cleveland, but I'm not in Cleveland. Well, Fun Mutation is running their camps near Cleveland, Chicago, D.C., Boston, Detroit, and Cincinnati. So, again, tech camps only run during the summer. So, register now at www.funmutation.com. And thank you again, Ted Jordan, STEM Programming Program Manager for Fun Mutation Tech Academy LLC, making the world computer smarter. So I'm Fran McNeil, and I'm the host of BDPAI Radio. Thank you for joining us tonight, and have a great week.
1: BDPAI Radio, linking business. Education and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPAI radio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.